know that eating better would improve our health. Most of us know what to eat. The hard part is actually doing it and sticking with it. If that's as true for you as it is for me, then you're going to love this episode because we're going to get super practical and it's all about setting yourself up for success so that healthier eating happens without even thinking about it. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korczak, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. Welcome back to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where in this episode, we're going to be talking about setting yourself up for success with PCOS health by having nourishing food available in your home so that when you get hungry or when it's time to prepare a meal, you have healthy options right at your fingertips. So let's start with how you grow a PCOS-friendly pantry. Now, I do not suggest going out and buying everything all at once. Along with this episode, I'm going to include a free download with my pantry staples and weekly shopping considerations and things that I keep in my home so that you can fill your house with PCOS-friendly foods to help you when mealtime rolls around. However, don't go out and buy all this all at once. What I recommend is getting your meal plan set up for the week. Jot down what you're going to make, what you're going to eat, when and where, And then in that meal plan, have it incorporate a few new ingredients. Buy those few new ingredients in your weekly shopping and slowly over time, as you discover what foods you like, what fits your tastes, what you like to prepare, what really fits into your lifestyle all the way around, then you're going to know which ingredients that you need to stock up on and which ones you can do without. If you need some meal plans, be sure to check out the PCOS Detox because there's some great meal plans to get you started nourishing your hormones in there, and I will link to that in the show notes below. So in this way, you can slowly stock up your house and fill it with the foods that are going to nourish your PCOS root cause and that are going to make you feel amazing while significantly reducing your symptoms, all without breaking the bank. So I know it can feel daunting, overwhelming, and really expensive to start buying all these new foods that are healthier for your body. But believe me, it doesn't end up costing as much as you might think. And in the scheme of your life, the cost is very negligible. And this way you get to live in a healthier, better feeling body that functions the way you want it to. What does get expensive, and I've done this, so I know, is buying a bunch of food that you don't actually eat, but that you planned on eating, and you still eat the way you used to, and you still stop for fast food on the way home or takeout. That gets expensive. And the other thing that gets expensive is buying packaged pre-made food that claims to be healthy. There is a place for some pre-made convenience health foods, but for the most part, it's a bunch of marketing and they're not as healthy as they claim to be. Also, They're really expensive. If you buy something that claims to be healthy, you're going to pay like three to four times more for it than you often would for just the mainstream similar food item. 
So the best thing to do is really just stick with whole foods in their most natural forms with a little bit of preparation each week so that your meal plan comes off smoothly. One of the best ways to ensure that you stick with your new plan is to remove all the other foods. So just getting rid of everything else from your daily life, this means removing them from your pantry, from your freezer, from your kitchen, from your car, and from your workplace. And then not stopping by your usual restaurants or fast food joints or takeout places until you have a better idea of what you will order and you work it into your weekly meal plans so that if you're going to do that, then just plan it in because otherwise you're paying for food that you were going to eat and then didn't. So be realistic. This isn't all or nothing. Again, no perfection required, but just try to be as realistic as you can and then stick with it because it does get easier and easier and just know that your tastes and your schedule and all of the pieces will start to become easier and more normal to you. So what are some really good things to start stocking your pantry with? I'm going to go through a food list here in some detail, but I also am going to give you the full list as a gift. You can download my pantry list and it'll also include a glycemic index chart so that you can start to kind of compare food options and gain a better understanding of how the food that you're eating is affecting your body. So I will link to that in the show notes below. The first, and I think one of the easiest swaps that we can make in our kitchen is exchanging unhealthy inflammatory fats and oils for healthy fats and cooking oils. So first of all, we want to get rid of all of the inflammatory fats, the Crisco's, the canola oils, the Pam cooking spray. And we want to just simplify all of the fat sprays and oils and opt for things like extra virgin olive oil, butter and ghee are fine. Um, you want to get grass fed butter if you can, avocado oil and coconut oil. And that's pretty much all I keep in my house. I have found that olive oil and avocado oil, you can also get them in a single ingredient, so like nothing else added, spray. So if you need a cooking spray, you can do that. Also, you can always take coconut oil and it comes, it's a kind of a solid at room temperature. And so you can just take a little bit like on a knife or a spoon and spread it out over a cooking service or a, a cooking pan if you need to grease a pan. So olive oil is my favorite. I also sometimes do avocado oil. Favorite substitution for all savory foods in a salad dressing, if I'm sauteing an onion, if I'm any sort of cooking that I'm doing that's on the savory spectrum. Anything that's going to be sweet, so breakfast pancakes or any sort of thing that I'm baking, I'm going to opt for coconut oil. If I need to, I will microwave it to liquefy it. Or like I said, I will just spread it um, using a spatula or a spoon. I have seen some coconut oils in a spray. However, a lot of times they contain canola oil with them to help keep them liquefiable and being able to aerosol. So I tend to skip those and just opt for either warming up the coconut oil or spreading it with a spatula. The other thing that's a really easy swap is opting for healthier versions of salad dressings, marinades, and condiments. So one of my favorite companies is Primal Kitchen. They have extremely clean whole food ingredients for their salad dressings. They have a great ketchup as well as some other condiments. They have a great mayo. They have some flavored mayos, and they also have some great marinades and dips. They don't have a super long shelf life. You can buy them at a couple stores, but I typically just order a couple a month 
and they have some amazing options there. So I will link to that company below and you can check them out. Also, I like to keep some minimally processed healthier foods in my pantry. And these include things like popcorn, almond flour, monk fruit um, sweetener, and Lily's chocolate chips. These are sweetened with stevia and they're really, really good, especially in food or melting. Um, they really don't have much of a different taste. They taste very similar to semi-sweet chocolate chips. So very good option there. I also like to keep some healthy protein bars on hand. Now watch out for these. Make sure that first of all, that they actually have a good amount of protein in them. Sometimes they are pretty much just as high in carbs and fats as protein, and you really want to have them significantly higher in the protein. Also, watch out for added sugar. You want them to have as few of ingredients as possible and no added sugar. Ideally, no fake sugars either, but if they had to, probably opting for something like stevia or monk fruit would be better than all of the other like sucralose and other inflammatory sweeteners. And all of those are listed for you in the food guide or in the pantry list. I have an entire page that kind of walks you through all the different sweeteners that can be found in food and which ones are inflammatory and which ones are low glycemic and which ones would be your best ones and which ones you want to avoid and all the different na sneaky names that companies use to kind of hide the sugar that they're adding. The next thing is tea and coffee. So actually it is fine. It is a myth that you need to avoid caffeine if you have PCOS. A moderate amount of caffeine is fine. And the main thing you want to choose is high quality tea and coffee. But mainstream coffee can be filled with toxic chemicals. So be sure to buy ones that are organic and pesticide free when it comes to your tea and coffee. I also keep a big bag of quinoa. This is a great substitute for rice or pasta to include as a side with dinners, meals, lunches, and salads. It just kind of has that nice grain texture without as much carbohydrates and with more protein. It has a lower glycemic index, which you will see in the glycemic index chart inside of that free download. So I love to have quinoa on hand. My kids like it both sweet and savory. Sometimes we'll just put a little bit of coconut or almond milk and a little bit of cinnamon on it. And that's almost like, like a hot cereal, or we will put it with a stir fry or as a side to chicken and vegetables. So, so many options when it comes to quinoa. I also always have a couple of nuts and seeds changing out the variety from time to time on hand. They make great snacks as well as being great additions to salads to make them more of a meal and have more substance as well as adding them to other dishes or sides, etc. Then I keep my freezer stocked with healthy meats. So locally, I can buy a lot of hormone-free, grass-fed, free-range cuts of meat. Um, usually they have them in stock different seasons, and so I'll kind of stock up on them. I also like Butcher Box uh, here in the U.S. They send out a box filled with different kinds of fish and poultry and other meats, and they have very high-quality meat, and it's on subscription so you kind of get it in bulk and it's not it doesn't break the bank or I go to kind of local nice grocery stores Whole Foods of course is a good one I get a lot of my meat from Trader Joe's but you just want to look and make sure that there's no antibiotics no hormones you can pretty much find that anywhere these days but just double check the label when you are selecting your meat and if there's certain places you like to buy it it stores very nicely in the freezer if you just go and kind of stock up every once in a while I also like to keep some just on hand in case I don't know what's going to be for dinner. It's so easy just to thaw some chicken, grab some produce from my fridge, and throw together some sort of healthy dinner. 
I also keep frozen berries and frozen vegetables because sometimes I get low on produce. If I try to only go to the grocery store once a week, by the end of the week, the fresh stuff may be dwindling a little bit. And so it's nice just to have some frozen berries and frozen veggies on hand, or if we get back from a vacation or for whatever reason, haven't made it to the store in a while. It's just nice to have a couple of things easy to grab and ready that are still going to have a good amount of nutrients in them. And frozen is going to be better than canned. So I do try to keep my freezer stocked with at least a couple bags of frozen berries and veggies. The veggies that we like that are frozen, I like peas. They have some good protein in them. They are super easy just to kind of prepare. I like frozen broccoli. My kids don't like frozen broccoli, but I like to do frozen broccoli inside of things. It's really easy just to saute up as a stir fry. Um, it's also really good in eggs. So if you make an egg scramble with some broccoli in there, it's almost like making a quiche, but just a really quick, easy way to do that and get some extra veggies in your day. And then I buy fresh every week. So during the summer, I will stop at local fruit stands, farmer's markets. And in the winter, I stop by my local grocery stores and just fill up my cart with fresh vegetables and fruits. We love to have a lot of dark leafy greens for salads. Broccoli, zucchini, asparagus are common ones in our house. And that way I can just quickly grab something from the fridge, steam it, grill it, roast it. Um, and then we can have it with whatever other meal item we are having. Even if the rest of our meal isn't super healthy, you know, if we sit down and really fill up with vegetables first, having a smaller amount of something else, you know, we still really got at least some good nourishment into our meal. Okay, so there you have it, my friend. It doesn't have to be difficult. It's pretty simple to just keep your house filled with hormone nourishing foods. Sometimes we just overthink things and make it more complicated than it needs to be. So be sure to grab my pantry list. It's gonna give you so many ideas because when you start to see all these things listed out, all the vegetables that you could buy, all the fruits that you could enjoy, and it makes it just easier to come up with new ideas to keep it fresh and entertaining and exciting. And yet at the same time, finding recipes that you can repeat and do without thinking just, you know, dinner kind of just appears. That's how really fitting this into a lifestyle works. It can't be a huge production every single meal. So if you have found this episode helpful, make sure to hit the subscribe button because next week we will be discussing a very important indicator of PCOS health and you're not going to want to miss it. Until then, there are several other episodes of the PCOS Repair Podcast waiting for you on your favorite podcast listening platform, so be sure to go check those out. And until next time, bye for now. Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms? I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free, so go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health.